attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody, and hello, hello, hello. It is me, Dana, here at Gen D, and as you all know, Adam is on the road right now. He's in the middle of moving his whole family from California to New York City. So he's taken a couple weeks off of the podcast and I have invited two uh, fan favorites back to share some fun Disney stuff. So today we have Kim Moffat, fan favorite Kim Moffat. Thank you for recognizing my title. I was fully prepared to remind you of it. So that's good. That's good. You remind me constantly. You text it to me, like, just at random to remind me of this. And yeah, because I, I want you to change my name in your phone to being fan favorite Kim Moffat. Maybe it already has. You don't know. You haven't seen my phone in a while. Yeah, that's true. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then also with us is another fan favorite, Sierra Jones. <gasps> Thank you. I can't believe I get a title of fan favorite, too. You do. Definitely not as cocky as Kim. I also no, can't believe no. that someone I, nobody else has is. this title. I think pretty much anybody who's on the podcast is a fan favorite. Okay, that's fair. So I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, <laughs> the lovely Sierra Jones is back. <gasps> Thank you. Oh, so sweet. So happy to have you guys. Thank you for doing this. You know, I was like, I could do this by myself. And I really don't like listening to myself talk by myself. It just feels awkward. So I really appreciate you jumping in and joining me. Of course. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, well, good. And... Cheers, our unpaid intern, Ryan, made us all the um, jet juice. He made us the Oga's Cantina jet juice. So cheers. This is your guys' first time trying it. Ooh. It is not weak. That's for sure. No, it is potent. Ryan is quite the mixologist. Yeah, we're going to be feeling great. That's a nice breakfast drink. No, no, Kim. (laughs) This is like a, you just get one and then that's it. And if you get this at Oga's Cantina, that's all you're going to get because this thing is like $20 or something insane. Yeah. Yeah. But also just having it right now, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good on one. Yeah, one will do. She's strong. She's strong. She's a strong drink. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he put them in the fancy martini glasses. So cheers to the unpaid intern. Well, folks, I am going to start off by doing predominantly Adam's part, the mouse musings, because there was some Disneyland news that came out in the last couple of weeks, and I wanted to share it with you guys and get your guys's take on it. Yeah, yeah. that's great, because when I listen to the show, I always give my own feedback to the mouse musings, so now I'm excited to do it live and in person, because it's always news to me. What so. kind of feedback do you typically get? No, just like, oh, good job, Disney. usually like, oh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I know. Sometimes I'm really excited. I'm actually, I'm a combo of really excited and a little sad on some of these things that I'm going to share, but mostly excited about one in particular. So first off, the first thing that, and some of this stuff has been announced a couple of weeks ago or back at the D23, but there's been some updates. So you guys maybe have heard a little bit about some of this stuff. But the first thing I wanted to share is that magic bands are coming to Disneyland and- since neither of you have been to Disney World before, I'm curious if you know what a magic band even is. Nope. I do, and I've been very, like, pro-magic band. Although, I was pro-magic band prior to the Disneyland app and how much it does, and prior to having an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So now that its technology has advanced, I have so many follow-ups. Like, why? And also, Why? <laughs> yeah no i know i'm a little weirded out that they're bringing them out to california it doesn't seem like we need them so 
magic bands are basically these RFD, RFID, RFID? That's it, right? That sounds right. The RFID bracelets that people wear at Disney World. And it, it essentially is your debit card. It unlocks everything. It's your ticket. So you can scan in with your bracelet and it will let you into the parks. It will let you into their lightning lane queues. It will open up your door to your hotel room and it acts as your debit card so if you buy merchandise or you know your restaurant you can just put your bill right there and then you of course get that lovely bill at the end of your trip but it's kind of set aside i've always done the magic bands at disney world and i like it because it feels very like you're on vacation i don't know if i feel like i need it here in california where i always use my phone for essentially the exact same reasons but we'll see that's so interesting i'm like Thinking, I don't know, to me, it immediately sounds like something that hack, like a hacker's dream. Right. Um, being in, <laughs> in a place where there's a ton of people who yeah. all have their debit cards linked to their wrists and they're all just in one central location. So at Disney World, you do also have to use your fingerprint to like get in on your scan and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember if you have to do that with like ordering food and stuff. I don't think you do, but they must have worked it out because you should also know that the Magic Band has been around since like 2013. So for the last eight years, it's been operating just fine out in Florida. And Mm. now we're going to have it here in California. And the other thing important to note, you can buy these in advance online. They just hiked up the price. Thank you, Bob Chapin. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> they used to be free when you went to, to on a Disney vacation. And then last year they started charging $5 for the basic colored ones that would be sent to your home. Now the basic colors are $10. And if you want to get any of the ones with like the pretty designs on them, they're like between $20 to $50. So, <laughs> yay. Well, I mean, as we know, in today's world, nothing is free, especially when it comes to Disney. Nothing ever is really free with Disney, but at least it used to be that you thought a lot of stuff was free. Like, oh, transportation. Oh, all these fancy little pieces and elements. And now it's just like, no, we're just showing you our cards here. None of it's free. But oh, well. Um, The other thing that Disneyland's also getting as well as Disney World sometime in 2022 is the Magic Band Plus. So they've just like literally plussed up this item as well. <laughs> and this what is, is that? It is basically the exact same thing. It still can unlock your hotel room and your keys and all that stuff, your ticket. But it's now going to also be like an interactive item to what you're experiencing. So they have been kind of cryptic as to what that exactly means. But I think it's kind of like, remember the Mickey ears that came out that when you were watching the fireworks show, they would they would glow at the same time as the fireworks show. I think that's kind of what this wristband mm-hmm. is going to do. So it's going to like glow. I think it might even have a microphone on it. So it's like Mickey's voice can talk to you and stuff. And I think think it's kind of oh you know what it's kind of like the wands at harry potter so you know like how they can like activate stuff the wands at different spots in the harry potter land that's what Mm -hmm. the magic band is going to do at disneyland very excited to spend the money on this i'm gonna it's gonna be the first thing i buy this year i can't tell if you're joking or not because you bought some very questionable items at disneyland yeah that's fair no actually that's fair that's fair Um, I would be curious to see what the value added is because in my head, I'm like, oh, it's just a wristband. Like what else could it possibly do? True. True. So yeah, unless it gets you like first in line 
access doesn't seem worth it to me. Seems like a gimmick. Yeah. I want to see how you guys feel about this when we go to Florida because I'm going to definitely make sure you guys get magic bands there. And folks, we're going to go to mm-hmm. Florida this summer and these guys will no longer be unaware of what the magic of Disney World is like and finally will have gone. And I, we are absolutely going to get these and I think you'll like them a lot. I'm kind of like meh about the Disneyland version, but you all know that I'm going to get one anyway and then we'll end up finding that we absolutely love them at Disneyland too. Yeah, I'm just curious because, again, like, I wear an Apple Watch at Disney. Why can't I just have that QR code on my watch and be able to just, like, bink, bonk, boop? Mm -hmm. Um, That was for our listeners. I'm in this order, um, paying for something, getting into the park, and then paying for probably a beer. Yeah. Bink, bop, boop. Why can't I just do that with my watch? Like, what? I guess I'm curious to see what the difference will be. Because your watch isn't as cute as a magic band, I guess? I don't know. Disney can't charge you for your own Apple Watch. There it is. <laughs> Don't quote me on this, but I think you actually can use your Apple Watch as a magic band. Like you can link it to your account and use it like when you're at Disney World and to open your door and, and all that stuff. So don't quote me on it, but I think you can. Some more news, some more exciting news. Disneyland and California Adventure is getting their parades and shows back sometime in 2022. Nothing is new for us, but it's exciting that they'll just be back. I can't wait. So we're getting our fireworks show back, which has already been back for the holidays. World of Color is coming back to California Adventure. And then Fantasmic is coming back to Disneyland. Exciting and weird. That makes me so happy. Why? Oh, Fantasmic's like, I don't know why, but it's like one of my favorite things. I don't think I knew this about you. Yeah. Anytime we can watch Fantasmic or the fireworks, to be honest, but Fantasmic just has a special place in my heart. I'm not sure why, but I love it. It's really good. It's a really good show. And uh, it is far better in California than it is in Florida. So even though Florida has a really great like stadium seating arena for the show and here it's like you're just sitting on the, you know, right in front of Pirates of the Caribbean. This one has like Peter Pan. It uses the big pirate ship. It just feels a lot more epic out here in California. And the one out there is good. It A lot of it's the same. But I think they came out with Fantasmic around the same time Pocahontas came out and so they put Pocahontas instead of Peter Pan and I just don't think the story works as well out there than it does here Hmm. we'll have to watch it because Fantasmic has been around since (gasps) Pocahontas oh man Fantasmic's been around before Pocahontas Fantasmic I think was made in 1990 or 91 uh it's been around I wasn't even born yet (laughs) Uh okay okay Next. <laughs> no, I had no idea it was it was that old. Neither did I, but I feel like that could be one of the reasons that I have the nostalgia for it. Because I probably went when I was – because I went to Disneyland quite a bit when I was young. Yeah. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you saw it and it was like a big to-do. And if I'm also remembering correctly, Fantasmic was supposed to be just seasonal. Like the year it came out, it was supposed to be just like – for this summer, we're doing Fantasmic. And then it was such a hit that they've kept it. And the show in California has, like, not changed at all since its original <laughs> experience. Nope. The one in Florida has changed a little bit more. Can't wait to see it again. 
And then there's also another show that's coming back. I never even saw this in the first place, so it'll be brand new to me. But the Fantasyland Theater, that's, you know, that little spot where you can watch different shows. And usually they have the Tangled story going on. Sierra and I saw that. Mm-hmm. You did. You sure did. Was it cute? Very cute. Yeah. I've seen the Beauty and the Beast yeah, one, was- too. Oh, they're cute. I they're- think that was the one we saw. Or did we see Tangled? No. No, now I can't remember. I think it was. I've seen Beauty and the Beast, and I, I feel like know. I've it seen Tangled. It was Yes, agreed. Well, basically, it's like a 10-minute show, right? So it's just like a quick, abridged version of that story, and they've got like some comedian kind of guys who tell the story, and then they have the actual characters come out and sing a couple of the no- numbers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess they're doing that with uh, The Lion King. So the tale of The Lion King is coming back to the Fantasyland Theater. Oh. Lion King, known for its humor. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, of course, naturally. Oh, mm, I have questions. Yeah. How will they do that? (laughs) Because they're, it's animated and they're lions. They're not humans. Well, you do, Sierra, you do know that there's been like a long running Broadway show of the Lion King that's been going on for definitely over 20 years. Okay, but that is a like. Buddy, I think they'll just put on some costumes. (laughs) But okay, (laughs) same way they did Beauty and the Beast, bud. (laughs) Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The Lion King production is like a multi-million dollar production where they have time to do makeup and, you know, it's like a whole thing. This is a 10-minute show at Disneyland. Are they going to, like, spend hours in makeup to get these people? Probably. Oh, okay. They'll probably do makeup. And then also puppets, dude. Like, they do a lot of puppets. They're just going right. to. It's going to be yeah. puppets. It'll be They're cute. just going to go to Target, get a Halloween costume, toss it on them. It's going to be the same vibe. It's fine. It's going to be funny. I was just imagining that it's like the dollar store version of The Lion King. I mean, ideally, <laughs> we'll be going there for the humor, right? Like, and then to hear the circle of life. That's really all it's going to be. Okay. Okay. All but right. All right. I'm curious to know what they're going to do with the princesses because, you know, that area before COVID was there's the Fantasyland Theater and then next door is an indoor spot where you go and meet the princesses. And since COVID, they've been putting the princesses on the theater stage so you can see them from afar but still interact. So if they're bringing back the show, that makes me think that they're going to put the princesses back in the in their home. Are we getting to a place where they're okay with us going indoors to meet characters? That's wild because they won't put a mask on the princesses for no. sure. Definitely not. So that seems um, risky. Yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Or they'll just move them and then still keep it so that people can't actually come up to the princesses, but still stay, you know, like you stand in front of them to take a picture. True. Like they've been doing, but move it to a different area. Yeah. True, but like where? Because I mean, the princess, that's a pretty prime spot for the princesses. It works really well, that stage. And I would have to imagine people are more interested in seeing princesses than they are the puppet version of lion king but i mean (laughs) preaching to the choir over here (laughs) you guys they're gonna use the magic band plus money for the lion king production (laughs) you don't even know if you can win a tony for it they're gonna win a tony for it i have all the faith in the world (laughs) all right kim's on board okay so the other exciting news This, I think, is the most exciting for this crowd on the podcast today. California Adventures Food and Wine Festival is coming back. And the dates are March 4th through April 26th, which is a pretty good amount of time. 
I'm excited about that. That's yeah. nearly two months. And, uh, you know, the live music, there's going to be over a dozen food kiosks and different drinks. And I'm personally excited about the expanded menu of cocktails and food over at the Sonoma Dining Terrace, which you do not need a reservation for. Ooh, fancy. Mm -hmm. So this is like the bottom part of the dining area where we went to with the Magic Key. So not the Magic Key area, but the regular lounge. That area is like a sneaky little place. I always forget that it's there until we already have reservations in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to the uh, food and wine festival. The other two things that I'm really excited about, one in particular, and I want to get your guys' take on this. There are two like bookable events happening during the food and wine festival the first is over at carthay circle and it's a winemaker reception so over the course of three exciting nights you get to enjoy hand-selected california wines masterfully paired with an array of small plates this is 99 dollars a person so it's a big fancy wine tasting that they're gonna do for three nights and it's 99 dollars okay. per night per yeah per person you're not going all three night. nights. They're just going to do it for three nights. Got it. Yeah. Slow today. No, no. You can I, go I, for all three nights, but it's going to cost you $300. <laughs> I how, like that. How I worded that was exactly from their website, the Disney website, and I was confused by that, too. I was like, is this a three-night event for $99? Oh, no. It's just per person, and they're doing it for three nights. Yeah, I got really excited that they were going to offer something for three <laughs> nights for $99, and I was like, I am in. Yes. Um, agreed. The other one that I'm more excited about is the Wine, Beer, and Mixology Education and Tasting Seminar. So it says, discover something special with sommeliers, brewmasters, and mixologists as they divulge their industry expertise during this fascinating 45-minute session, which is $25 a person. Love that. I'm in. 100%. We're going to that. Okay. Now, again, I just read that to you directly from the Disney website. Here is my one asterisk that I'm concerned about. They have not announced the reservation dates of when when these events are going to be held. Did that sound like you're going to give you alcohol in that 45-minute session? Because I think it's just listening to people talk about how they make drinks. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Can you read it again? Sorry. Mm -hmm. Discover something special when sommeliers, brewmasters, and mixologists divulge their industry expertise during this fascinating 45-minute session. Mm. Yeah, I think you have to buy the drink separately after right? the session. Yeah. Then yeah. I'm not into it. I'm less in. I think it yeah. should say all that. I really want to hear them, but with it comes a drink. Like for 25 bucks, you get to sit for 45 minutes, listen to the experts tell you their knowledge, and sip on your cocktail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad we've decided that, guys. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you're welcome in advance to Disney for um, that change that you'll inevitably make. Sure, yeah. Because I know Disney is listening all the time. Okay, the last little bit of news, which is not little. This is a big news, and it's going to go on for a long time. Downtown Disney is getting a major facelift that's going to take years. Have you guys heard about this? No. Oh, okay. So I guess you guys aren't fanatically weird like me and run a podcast and always have your phone on uh, Google alerts about Disney news. Uh, No, I can't read. I get my Disney news from Gen D podcast. Okay, same. Well, then here's your news. So Downtown Disney is getting a major facelift. It's going to take several years. They're going to be expanding the theme parks as well. It's all very exciting. 
But right now, in January, they have um, started working on demolishing a couple of buildings towards the, like, kind of south end of downtown Disney so that they can start creating this whole new universe. So down by where the Disneyland Hotel is, that's where the AMC building was. They are presently tearing that down. And three other shops are closing as well this month to make way for this area. So they just closed down the Earl of Sandwich, Sugar Boo & Co., and one of the two Starbuckses at Downtown Disney. Earl! (laughs) I know. I mean, we we never go there, but Earl of Sandwich is so good. (laughs) You know what? My friend Katie, who was on the podcast, big, big fan of Earl of Sandwich. I think it's maybe more of an East Coast thing because people are really into it. But I don't think there was – I never saw any line or any person even in the Earl of Sandwich here. The one in Florida, line out the door every time. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't even know if I've eaten there before. I know what it is. I've heard of it. To their credit, they're really good sandwiches. But yeah, it's – it is what it is. And it's yeah. kind of tucked away. So what they are putting in is a whole mid-century modern like architecture area that's supposed to be a relaxing station. So you're just supposed to hang out. They're <laughs> putting a lot of grass down, trees, all that stuff. I have a picture that Sierra can look at because she's here next to me. But that's <laughs> Do you want to tell the audience that once again, I've been kicked out? <laughs> As always, I'm in another room not able to be with you guys. I think you're telling him right now, Kim. Kim can't sit with us. Yeah, that's fine. And honestly, fair. I only care about what Sierra thinks. What do you think of this picture? I mean, it's um, drawn very well. That's it, Sierra. <laughs> come on. Um, I'm. I guess I'm. Con- so I'm confused because that's very far away from the entrance of Disneyland. So they expect people to leave Disneyland, walk all the way to the end of Downtown Disney to relax. That's a fair point. This is like right next to the monorail and like the monorail um, ticket spot and then the Disneyland hotel. So it's right over there. So I guess you would have to take the monorail if you wanted to be there close. Otherwise, to get to the relaxing part, you have to walk a very long way. Well, to be fair, you have to walk everywhere right now at Disneyland because there's no trams or anything like that. But yes, I think that this is going to make sense when they're done with all of the downtown Disney work that they're doing. But right now it feels a little like it's going to be kind of like an eyesore, like it's going to be weird and out of place soon it will i'm sure make a lot of sense and if anaheim agrees to what disneyland has proposed they're hoping to like expand more of the property of disneyland into some of downtown disney and some of the parking structures so there's going to essentially be more lands at both california adventure and disneyland that will kind of think of it as like encroaching into where Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotel are located. So the downtown Disney area will feel much more cohesively a part of the theme parks than it does right now. Okay. All right. I mean, down for it. I I don't mind the design. It's a little odd to have that much grass randomly there, but, uh, you know. I'm showing Kim via the Zoom now. I'm glad they're trying. I think it's a smart move. It's a little hard to see with the um, because, again, I've been relegated and I'm not allowed to be near you guys. Uh, But I think overall it's a smart move because, like you're saying, that downtown area right now is not cohesive. It feels like you go to Disneyland and then you leave Disneyland and you're in downtown Disney. And it's a bunch of like random things that there are. There's a little bit of art and some Disney stores but it doesn't feel like it's a part of Disneyland. 
Right. So I think this is a smart move. And it also right now feels like the hotels are separate from the parks as well. Except for Grand Californian, which is part of California Adventure. And that is so cool. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of the coolest feature of that whole hotel is that you have that side entrance. I think that's what they're trying to do with Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotels. Have them have entrances into the parks and make it feel a little bit more all one. Which is good. They should. I think that's that's smart. It's kind of the only thing they can do. They can't like expand out. All the land has been purchased, so they can only utilize the land that they do have. And I don't know where anybody's mm-hmm. going to park, my goodness, but um, that's what they're going to do. They're going to take out more parking structures and hope for the best. I think what they need to seriously think about is where the um, coaster or the Amtrak or whatever it is can get like can go as close to Disney as possible. And then in theory, we could just hop on the train and ride down. Oh, I see where your head's going. Yeah, I have no idea where the Anaheim train station is, but that's that would be smart for them. That would be. I don't think they're going to do it. That would be so easy for us. Yeah, that's why well, they Disney should probably won't me. do it. Yeah, they won't. Because they don't want to make it easier for us. They just want to make it exist, and then we have to figure out how to finagle our way into it. They don't want it to be easier. They want it to be more expensive. Yes. Agreed. Parking. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's the mouse musings, guys. That's all the Disneyland news for you. I don't read the news very often. The Disneyland clearly. news? Okay, no. Sierra's on the but podcast today. Musings. No, listen, you're calling it Mouse Musings. Adam's not here to change. I'm making this change on the show's behalf. You're welcome, everybody. Mm. If you're going to, you know, you're calling it Mouse Musings, that's the muse. Okay. <laughs> that's the muse with Dana and Adam. So um, what's the that's topic today, you Dana? <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> Sierra, it. the only person that's now on the podcast because Kim just got kicked out. <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed to be in the room with you guys. Uh, So anyhow, today's topic is one that I thought is a pretty common topic that we should, that that I get asked a lot as from clients, people want to know, like, what are the most common mistakes people make at Disneyland or what should I avoid doing? And so I brought the two of you on here because you two are veteran Disneylanders. You go all the time with me. And I thought we could talk through kind of our list of the most common mistakes people make when they go to Disneyland. Love it. Kim? Love it. All right. So I have my list up. up. <laughs> I was going to see if you had anything else to say, Kim. You just seemed like you did. No, no. I'm excited. Um, I think this is a great topic. And I always love to tell people mistakes that they've made. So let's get into it. Oh, goodness. I'm ready for Adam to come back anytime now. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for this you brought this energy into the show and your life i don't know what to tell you it's true i don't know i don't know either that's (laughs) folks first mistake you should avoid is asking fan favorite kim moffett onto the podcast whenever your co-host is out (laughs) (laughs) no okay i I wouldn't say it's the first mistake you've made but it's certainly up there for sure Okay, so the first mistake that I think you could make at Disneyland specifically, not Disney World, but Disneyland, is buying a single park ticket. These parks are Mm -hmm. literally next door to each other. It is, what, a one to two minute walk from Disneyland to California Adventure? I know that there is an upcharge to that, but I think if anywhere you should buy a park hopper, it's at Disneyland. Buy the park hopper, utilize both parks because it is very walkable compared to Disney World where you're getting on 
some form of transportation, either a monorail or a boat or a bus to get from one park to the next. Uh, Here, it's just a straight walk from one to the next. I wouldn't even think about these as being two separate parks. Just by the, the park hopper, they are so close and small enough that you can consider it to be just one park. Essentially, it's almost depressing when you this has happened to us before when our passes have been blocked out for one park and not the other. And so we'll do like California Adventure all day. And you're like, "Eh, Disneyland's right there. I can see it. So I don't know. I think that it's, it's just spend the money. It's worth it for here. Okay, another mistake is not taking enough breaks throughout the day. Yes. Mm hmm. Everybody needs the breaks. They really do. And I think that, you know, we go often enough that we, it feels like a big break all day for us. But if you have saved all this money, you're going to Disneyland and you go maybe once a year or once every few years, you want to get the most bang for your buck. That does not include just racing from one ride to the next. Like you're going to get it all done, especially if you're going at least two days. But take a breath, take a minute, find a few pockets to go and enjoy a Dole Whip or a drink or just like sit down for a beat. And that's where I honestly find more magic at Disneyland is when you have those spontaneous moments of not go, go, go. I know, Kim, you and I were just at Disneyland a couple of months ago And we were in Tomorrowland and Stitch came by with the entire Disneyland band. And yes, you have a story that I'm sure you're about to share. That was a magical moment. It was magical. (laughs) It was a magical moment. Now, here's the problem. I regret bringing this up. And this is, (laughs) yeah, because I did almost accidentally get into a fist fight because you can't. I am a deeply broken person, and once I get a laugh on a joke, then I continue to play with that joke until forever. So right now, my thing is to just tell any character I see that it's a pleasure to see them again. And I set it to Stitch way up high and kind of far away, and then the per- there was a guy walking that thought that I was making fun of him. He did. And he so was, that wasn't... Yeah. He was very upset with you. He kept like, yeah, you missed it, Sierra. <laughs> Leo- Sierra Leone was, was with us, but Jones was not. And this guy, like, you know how Kim gets. Like, she wants to make a big spectacle with the characters. So that's what she's doing. Yeah. But this guy yeah. does not know that Stitch is up above him. He's looking back towards Kim, and Kim's shouting. And the guy's like, what? What's up? Like, what do you want? Like, he did a couple double takes. And then kept pointing back at Kim yeah. like, what do you want? What do you want? Like, it was like, like he kind of wanted to fight her a little bit. It was really strange. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, by the way, not paying attention to it. <laughs> I like didn't even notice until it was brought to my attention. Yeah. I was like, cool it, Kim. This guy is angry with you. <laughs> yeah. But then like trying to explain, like, I'm a fully grown adult that's trying to get the attention of a, um, <laughs> an alien from another planet that's up there with a band. <laughs> And that's what's happening is that I get gratification from this moment. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I think it's also important to note that this man is standing, what, 30 feet away from you and you are sitting down. So she's she's hollering at Stitch, who is like two stories above her. And he's like 100 feet away. And she doesn't even stand yeah. up. She's still sitting down. So 
to the guy's credit, I do understand why he thought you were talking and hollering at him a little bit. I mean, I've been there when sure. he does that. Yeah. So I get it. It's embarrassing. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's embarrassing for me, too. I have to do it. I can't not do it. I'm very sorry. There's nothing I can do. I can't prevent it. It's true. She's very broken, folks. So anyhow, <laughs> just take some breaks because then you will get these moments of mostly yeah. magical and maybe somebody might want to fight you. Who knows? Can I mention the places where I feel like are like the best places to take breaks? Yeah, do. Oh. Number one, in Disney California Adventure on Hollywood Land, oh, in, in yes. the Hollywood Land area, mm-hmm. Disney Animation Building. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. so lovingly named it the Magic Room. It, because it's magic. Yeah. It's magic. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And this is the room that has all of the different screens, you know, full 360 around you. And they play different um, Disney songs on a rotation. And it is just amazing. They pick the best songs. Pretty much any f- top favorite Disney song is played in there. And it's really moving. It's it's incredible. So, yes, that's a great relaxing spot. Yes, it's the best. And then if you're looking for a straight nap – um, you want to head to Disneyland. Um, oh. <laughs> and this is about a 30-minute show. Um, it may <laughs> it may or may not involve a former 16th president. Yeah. Um, Sierra wouldn't know because she's never stayed awake for it. <laughs> nope. Um, it's rousing. <laughs> it's arousing? Okay. It's stirring. <laughs> uh, it's but It's stirring. <laughs> it's called Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. And honestly – Really great, really great for uh, a light a light nap, a light snooze, because you get to sit the whole time. It's very cool. It's very dark. You can watch a creepy uh, animatronic of <laughs> Abraham Lincoln talk to you for about 30 minutes. You know, Walt made that animatronic, so that's those are fighting words on that. And here, you know what, Sierra? I cannot wait to take you to Disney World to show you the best napping location. If you... Folks, if you love Lincoln for a napping location, then welcome to the American Adventure Story uh, in the American Pavilion because it's an even longer version with um, Mark Twain and, oh, who's the other one? Benjamin Franklin. And they are your hosts through, like, the history of America as told by animatronics, and it's great. Oh, I can't wait to sleep through that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I cannot wait. I – last time – this is not a joke. Last time that we f- we got to see Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, I teared up. <laughs> Sierra did fall asleep, I'm pretty sure, and I got choked up. So I'm so excited for America's Things. You're just staying on brand, both of you. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to also add another favorite location to like take a break is in Cars Land at California Adventure. Kind of in the back by where Radiator Springs is, it is so picturesque and beautiful. You can see um, it basically looks like the Grand Canyon over there. You can see the Radiator Springs racers going by. Um, The music is very nice and light and hardly anyone is over there. There's also a throughway over to like the Pacific Wharf from that spot. And for our friends who like beer, the Carl Strauss beer car is just on the other side. So I think more often than not, we grab a beer at Carl Strauss and then we just sit there and enjoy the beautiful atmosphere. So another great relaxing spot. Um, Another mistake, and this probably hits me a little bit more than the two of you, but another mistake people make is 
expecting your kids will want to go on every ride or on certain rides or just really the expectations you put on your kids, especially if they're little and they don't quite understand what they're about to experience. I think as a parent, going into a day at Disneyland, it's important to remember that like this is going to be fun. Lower your expectations. Like just keep them super low and it's going to be a great day. If you have high expectations and you're like, I want to get my kid on every single ride in Fantasyland or it's not a done day if we don't go on Peter Pan. Well, your kid might have an issue with being on an indoor dark ride, which is definitely the situation we've been in before. Or your kid might just not be into it and wants to go sit and play in the like playground over at the Redwood um, you know, trail area over at California Adventure, which we've also been in before. If you're okay with letting your kid kind of lead some of the day and follow follow them, you and your kid or your children are going to be so much happier for it. So don't pressure your kids into writing things that they don't want to go on. Uh, don't, you know, it's supposed to be a day that's fun and you won't have any fun if you're forcing your kid to sit down on that Snow White's dark ride and they're screaming the whole way through. Like I remember being four years old and going on Mr. Toad and coming off of that ride and turning to my parents and saying, I'll never do that ever again. I still don't like Mr. Toad that much, but I'm just saying that's a memory I have of my first time at Disneyland. One of my top memories of going to Disneyland is not enjoying a ride. So it's just not worth it, folks. Like let your kid Say no and be okay with it. Yeah, you're not going to force a magic moment with your kid, right? Like your kid's going to create this magic little moment because you thought that you wanted to go on Snow White and your kid has other plans and now they're off like having a moment with some random character that you might not even recognize at all, but they're having their own magic moment and you're seeing it like that's the moment. Forcing your kid on a ride that they don't want to go on, that's not going to be the magic moment that you're expecting when the day started. You know? Right. So another one. Okay. This might be controversial. I'm curious how you guys feel about this, seeing as you know Disneyland so well and haven't been to Disney World. I think this is key. I think a common mistake people make is getting table service reservations at Disneyland or California Adventure. I don't think they're worth the money. You know what? Str- strong agree. Yes. Go on. I just think unless you're going for it's somebody's birthday and you're all adults and you've all been to the park and so let's go kind of spend our day scheduled around this 3 p.m. reservation, then okay. But if you, you know, otherwise just, you know, play it by ear. Have fun. Rides take a little bit longer. Something's a little bit shorter. You're hungry now. Whatever. Yeah, I I totally, I get what you're saying, Kim, for sure. And I do agree that a lot of the table service restaurants, it's the ambiance. It's not actually the food. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like the best food you've ever had. But right. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we've had some really good times at like Blue Bayou sitting. And but, but the thing is, is that we go to Disneyland a lot and we could sit there for hours. And someone who's only there for two days, I get that. You don't want to be spending all of your time there. And I think that's my key. Then I'm more talking about the people who are visiting for a weekend and not having annual passes, I don't think are the people who should be worrying about table service. Is it great? Yes. Uh, Is the food amazing? No. Overall, 
Not really. I think if you're going to do any sit down, it should be Lamplight Lounge, maybe Carthay Circle, though it's kind of hit or miss for me. Yeah. But I would, I don't think Blue Bayou is worth the hype. I don't think really any of them are worth the time because of this other piece. Disneyland has amazing quick service. Disneyland has amazing snack kiosks, way better than anywhere at Disney World. So I would force yourself to look into which snack places are better than, you know, spending the long time at a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you on that point at least. Yeah. But it's always fun to go to the restaurants if you have the time and you have you have a whole extra day. It's definitely fun and something that you should experience at least once. I agree. So maybe I should amend it. Like the mistake is if you have one day at Disneyland, don't waste it on a sit down reservation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another common mistake. I don't even know if it's that common, but I just want everybody to know, like, do not skip out on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride because that ride is incredible at Disneyland and at Disney World pales in comparison. I wouldn't know. But I love that ride, and I think it's great. And it's also a nice break because you're sitting. It's very relaxing. If it's hot, it's always very cool in there. It's fun. It's great. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that cannot wait to take you on the Disney World Pirates of the Caribbean because I can see how your face will be, Sierra, when we come out of that. You'll be like, what? No. But how did they? I don't don't like this. I know that's exactly (laughs) how you're going to react. All right. I'm excited. That is a spot on impression. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to give anything away to you of what it will not have, but you will be irritated and I can't wait for it. I'm here for it. Oh, well, now I'm just looking forward to it even more. No, but Pirates of the Caribbean is great. Kim, do you have anything to add? It's nice. Oh, okay. It's nice. It's It's nice. Okay. (laughs) Good. Good ride. Fan favorite, everyone. So glad. (laughs) Adding something special to the show. Uh Always. Okay. Another mistake I think people, I I understand why they don't use this because they might not be familiar with it, but I think a common mistake is not downloading and using the Disneyland app. Yes. Yes. Correct. I mean, it's all there for you. You can add, just like the Magic Band, you add your ticket. Unlike the Magic Band, in the app, you can see, like, the map of all the wait times. You can check into mobile dining, a mobile order. Uh, you can do so much within that app. I think there's also, like, interactive games that I never try, but the app is where it's all at. Yeah, and I think you have to use the app. Yeah, they have signs now for the games. Yeah, they do. Yeah, the virtual queue. That's true. And I think you have to use the app now when you get a fast pass of any kind or like when Kim had her toe issue and we were using the um, like, what, I can't remember what they're called. The comeback. Oh, the disability pass. access pass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, where they'd give us like a comeback time. Uh-huh. You had to use your your actual pass, your barcode in the app to scan into the fast pass thing. They don't give you paper tickets anymore. Yep. You're right. Mm-hmm. I have a um, on the fly. Okay. Um, first of all, toe issue. I'm an athlete and I broke my toe. I'm an athlete. Second of all, on the fly, adding no, a mistake that people make. She is- she broke huh? She broke her toe on a coffee table. She's not an athlete. She she sure. rammed her toe into a coffee table, folks. Spiral fracture. I'm an athlete, comma, side note is that I broke it on a coffee table. <laughs> um, on the fly mistake that people make is – not adding everybody in your party 
to the app. Oh, yes. Yes. Very good point. Yeah. Can you explain what we do, Kim? Like how we deal with this? Sure. So we we all have our passes. um, And what we've done is we've just added all of our annual passes onto each other's phone, onto each other's app, so that we can make reservations for each other while we're on it um, so that we can, you know, if Dana's got her hands full with the stroller and we're all entering the park at the same time, we can swipe through. Here's my ticket. Here's Dana's ticket. Here's Ray's ticket. Just kind of going through that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. It just makes things for when I did have my broken toe and we had a like return time easy. Just here's everyone's ticket. It's it's great. Yeah, I agree. I think and it's super easy. You can link them by using like a barcode. Like if you've ever used your phone to scan a QR code, then you can do this on the app so easy. So definitely do that. If you are going with a, a family, your tickets will automatically already be linked. So what we're describing is like the fact that we all have annual passes or magic keys as they call them now. Um, we have those linked through the app. So we always can just scan each other in and it's awesome. And I will mention that I went with an employee who got us paper passes. So when we checked in, they gave us paper passes and to link all of us together because it was when um, Rise of the Resistance was doing the group boarding by oh, where right. you had to reserve mm-hmm. passes. Virtual um, queues still. Virtual queues, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all had to scan our paper pass so that we could upload it into the app to be able to do that still. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. So I don't know how it is when people are just buying regular tickets, if they print them out for them or... It's automatic. Oh, um, yeah, because I've booked many a client at this point um it's all automatic with an asterisk as long as you're buying a vacation package so if you're doing hotel and you know tickets then it's all linked together and you can see all of it immediately on there together all right um another one common mistake and i feel like we're in the zone that we're about to make this mistake ourselves but a common mistake is not bringing your stroller, thinking, hey, we're only going to be in the park for a few hours, or my kid's getting too old for a stroller. My kid is way too old for a stroller. She is five. She hasn't actively needed a stroller since she was two. We still bring the stroller every single time. Why? For two reasons. One, after all of that hiking around the parks that you do, your kid still gets tired even at five, six years old. Two, you have a built-in luggage compartment everywhere you go. I can't tell you how many times I think all of you guys have utilized the bottom storage of our stroller to hold your coats or your um, water bottles or what have you. It's great. And it's very easy to just take it from one section to the next. I don't find it to be cumbersome at all, especially because... We bought one of those smaller, you know, uh, strollers to take with her, but it is so helpful, folks. Don't dismiss taking a stroller. If you have an eight, nine-year-old, don't bring a stroller, but I'm just saying like maybe around six or under, I would still bring a stroller to any of the parks. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like I've seen Ray get tired and she'll take a nap in the stroller. Mm-hmm. And all I can think is, I wish they made these for adults because I would love to be taking a nap right now. Well, they do in a way. Kim got that experience. <laughs> well, I didn't take a nap, but yeah, you can get wheelchairs. I will say for the for the strollers with Ray, even um, the one of the last times we went, we you guys um, went back to California 
uh, DCA, which again, mm-hmm. Park Hopper, get to because we were in Disneyland and you guys went back over to California because it's that easy. And it was just, I was just hanging with Ray. And I said, we don't need the stroller. <laughs> right, Ray? We're good. And she was like, yeah, we don't need the stroller. And we started walking. We went to go play at Tom Sawyer Island. And then on the way back to go meet you guys, she said, I'm tired. And I said, yeah, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to walk now. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> so even in that moment, like she was tuckered just because it had been a long day already. We yeah. had gone to go play at Tom Sawyer Island. She ran around all over there. And then we had to kind of huff it over to meet you guys. And we didn't have the stroller. It would have been so much faster. It's true. I mean, you you don't want to snooze on the stroller. Uh, even if your kid is like, I haven't been in a stroller in forever. Just bring it. It's it. If you find yourself not needing to use it, you can leave it literally anywhere. There's a million stroller parking spots. We've done this before, just to Kim's point. Like, mm-hmm. we've left it at Disneyland, gone even over to California Adventure, and then come back later to Disneyland and then grab the stroller. You can do that. Nobody's really watching it. But it's just a nice, one, place for your kid to rest, two, a storage place, like, it's worth it, in my opinion. If your kids are older and you're not needing a stroller by any stretch of the imagination, remember that Disneyland and right outside of Disneyland, they have $10 all day uh, lockers that you can purchase. And I don't think it's worth like carrying a big hunkin' bag of stuff all day. Like don't, don't, hurt your shoulders for 12 hours at Disneyland like go rent a stroller it's far worth the price yep yeah we did that Sierra yeah we did yeah yeah it's easy and they're big too like we put all of our stuff we had we did an entire wardrobe change at Disneyland so we had wardrobe um you know hair and makeup accessories and everything and all for our whole party everything went into one locker and it was easy it's so great Okay, another common mistake, not bringing a water bottle. Oh, yes. I love this one because you don't realize how much more convenient it is to carry a water bottle that has like a handle or a carabiner or something. Yeah. Because what you'll end up doing is you'll buy a water bottle, a bottle of water like Dasani. For $4. Yep. Dasani, Smart Water, whatever they sell. And then you're like, where am I going to put this? Yep. And you can either refill it or you end up throwing it away and then you buy a bunch more for now you spent $8 on water. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And you know what I do sometimes? I, I like to bring the refillable the refillable ones as much as possible. But if I just absolutely forget, I will sometimes buy a Dasani, which I don't love. Um, and then I will still keep the plastic container and then go fill it at one of their refilling stations. So at Disneyland specifically, they've got like three pretty prominent like water bottle refill stations. One's at Galaxy's Edge. One is right by those bathrooms at Frontierland. Another one is right in front of Autopia in Tomorrowland. So highly recommend just refill that water bottle. It'll save you money. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Another mistake, or second to last mistake, not checking the weather before you go. Yep. Very important here in California. It's California. It, it, folks, if you're not familiar with how the West Coast, really all of the West Coast operates, we will have, especially Southern California, like 
80 degrees as a high and then like 50 degrees as a low. And if you're spending 12 to 14 hours in the park, you're going to experience all of those degrees. So you want to make sure you have Mm -hmm. a t-shirt underneath that jacket, um, wear long pants, but if you've brought, you brought a backpack, then change into shorts if you need to. I, I think we do a fair amount of that kind of stuff when we go to the parks. Definitely. You're choked up by it. <laughs> so so emotional about it's, the weather. It's emotional, I know. Well, you know, we used an aerosol can once and suddenly now it's 80 degrees and also 50 degrees. Um, and also you will feel both of those temperatures because there are some parts of the park where it's shady and you feel a little bit cooler. And then there are some parts where those trees have not grown quite yet. And it is warm. Yes, especially over at California Adventure. There's a lot less shade over there. Mm-hmm. More shade coming, mm-hmm. but I hear what you mean, Kim. I think that like almost every single time I always bring a jacket, I get out of the car before we go in and I think, oh, I'm so glad I brought this jacket. It's chillier than I thought. Then like an hour later, I shed it. I, For me, I put it in race stroller. And then like maybe five hours later, I'm pulling it back out and I'm saving 40 or 50 or hell, heck, $75 on one of those spirit jerseys these days. But I absolutely would be one of those people that would buy a sweatshirt in the moment because I would get cold out here if I did not know the temperature. Yes, exactly. That's exactly I mean, Dana's closet is filled with spirit jerseys. They all have popcorn on them. They don't smell like popcorn. But they're design- it's the, all the popcorn designs because she loves the look. Well, so many spirit jerseys. Well, I have a lounge fly, one lounge fly for every spirit jersey that I have in my closet. So I have a mixture of, <laughs> of all of them together and many ears, you know, because I'm really big into all I forgot you're a things. multimillionaire. Sorry. Yeah. I, we should tell people also you're a multimillionaire. That's uh-huh. how you can. I'm, that's absolutely. how you have a spirit jersey and, and lounge fly. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm just really I'm always saying horrible things about the merchandise at Disney. But if you love that stuff, great. I'm I'm very happy for you. Some people look excellent in a spirit jersey. Genuinely, like they look so cute. I wish it. Yes, it's not for me. It's not for me either. It's not for my frame. I am a petite person. I'm sorry to say a spirit jersey does not. It makes me look very frumpy. I'm not about it. I'm not a petite person, and it makes me look frumpy, too. It does? You feel frumpy in them as well? Yes. <gasps> oh, I'm so happy. I'm not the only person that feels frumpy in them. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear you feel frumpy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this has really made my day. <laughs> I mean, it's real. It's true. Like, I would wear a sweatshirt, like a zip-up hoodie or just a regular hoodie. I look great in those. I feel good in them. But something about spirit jersey, I'm just like, oh, this hangs on me wrong, and I don't like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I almost bought one. Oh, me too. I almost bought one too. Yeah, so glad I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. Are you being serious? No, I did. Um, I don't remember if you remember when we went into um, the – fantastic club 33 and we were looking for all the merch <gasps> oh yes i went to buy i was like yeah. oh I, you know this is the softest spirit jersey i've ever felt in my entire life so i tried it on and i was like oh i want this uh-huh. and then i looked at the price tag how much was it i thought it was 49.95 okay wait 
you thought it was $50. I'm going to guess it was $250. No, it was $499.50. No. Yes. But Sierra, what did you do when you realized the price? When they brought out the, the new soft jersey and you saw the price for real? Uh, well, I had already tried it on, taken it off, and been like, I looked down and said, oh, this doesn't fit right. And then I handed it back. <laughs> respect. Respect. <laughs> I didn't have any reaction because we had just eaten at Club 33 and I did not want them to know that I was poor. So I played it off real cool. And oddly enough, not to out how much it was to eat there, but it was definitely less for two people to eat there than that one spirit jersey. Yes. You know what? Now that you're saying this, I don't know if our, you know, listeners know that we got to go to Club 33 only a year and a half ago. Maybe we should tell them about that at some point. Maybe that's another episode. Yeah. That was all thanks to Kim. Kim knows the people. I'm a member. Um, I'm very important <laughs> in this world. Um, obviously, I'm a founding member. So happy to talk at length about this thing I've created. <laughs> great, great. Fan favorite. <laughs> all right. So the last mistake I want to leave you all with is, I think this is important. And actually, Sierra added this one. And I'm so glad that you did. Uh, a common mistake is not staying late enough for the fireworks or for Fantasmic. Yes, I think I know we already talked about how Fantasmic has a special place in my heart, but same with the fireworks. I feel like all the evening shows, they're very well done, very thought out, and they're just beautiful. Kim hates them, apparently. Yeah, I was looking absolutely. to Kim to see if she had any yeah, commentary. Ugh, I hate magical moments where, you know, kids are on their parents' shoulders and like looking, their little face is lit by the fireworks. <laughs> No, it's it's magical it's, if you've never seen it. But here's my – if you have seen the fireworks, if you're like, I'm good on fireworks, one of my most magical experiences at Disney was during the fireworks show riding Big Thunder. <gasps> yes. And the fireworks going – you're going around the turns and the fireworks are going off. I That was – I mean, one of my favorite fireworks show that I've seen was on Big Thunder. Yes, I've also done that with Splash Mountain before. You can see them right as you drop. The fireworks are going. It's incredible. And a hot tip for everybody, one of my favorite places to watch the fireworks at Disneyland is actually over by Big Thunder in the Rancho del Zocalo restaurant over there. The Mexican restaurant, you won't remember the name, but Mexican restaurant. Go stand right there. You can, you're very close to the castle. You're closer, arguably, than most people. Uh, and you were going to see a great show. You aren't going to have the castle in front of you, but otherwise, you're going to be very close to the fireworks. So, uh, the only other place that I've discovered is like kind mm -hmm. of good if you are already, and this isn't for your like first firework experience, but if you have been there multiple times and you just want to see them, the top floor of the parking structure. <gasps> good point. Yeah. Gives you a great view because they're all the way up in the sky and you're already so high that you can get such a great view of them. 
And you reminded me too, if you guys are staying at any of the hotels that we talked about previously that are within walking distance, there's like a nine out of 10 chance that your hotel has a rooftop where they show the fireworks. So recently we stayed at the Hyatt house as we were talking about, and we were able to go back later and go watch the fireworks from that spot. Unfortunately, they did not pump in the music. Some places do, some places don't. But still, it's incredible. So if you've got little ones and you're going back to your hotel room and you're going to miss the fireworks, there's still a chance maybe you guys will make it in time to go watch them from the rooftop of your hotel. Just beautiful. They are. They really are magic. Mm -hmm. They really are. And you can, you can, you know, have a cold, deep, pessimistic soul like Kim and (laughs) they will still make you, you know, shed a tear. You know what? To tie all the, not all the tips, but to tie a couple of them together, if your kid is tuckered out, you've got your stroller. So they're chilling in the stroller and you can still watch the fireworks. And you get a little bit of breathing room because the stroller, people are not as like stacked because you've got that space now. Good point. Good point. I wouldn't tell you to utilize that if you have a sleeping kid and try to get like right up to the castle or right into the heart of Main Street. But like just... Step back a pace. I think another great spot yeah. to watch the fireworks at Disneyland is in the back half or the the front, I guess, half of Main Street. When you first walk into Disneyland on that like hub area, that's a great spot to watch them. You're a little bit further removed, but you're still going to get that magic. And key tip, you're right there to exit before the masses come out of the park. So mm-hmm. I recommend watching them there too. Excellent tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I am so grateful for you. I know both Sierra and Kim gave their input on these mistakes, common mistakes people make. So thank you so much, both of you, for your input. Of course. Happy to be here. It was um, your honor. I'm always nervous when Kim talks. Are you nervous <laughs> when Kim talks? I'm worried. Always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, folks. Me too, honestly. Yeah, I know. Well, anyhow, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, tune back in again. Soon you will have my dear co-host Adam back. Uh, But I once again want to thank Sierra and Kim for joining us on Gen D. Thank you. Bye, everyone. You're welcome. Oh, no. Bye. Bye.